Hello, and welcome to episode 51 of Constructing Comics, a podcast building stories, one page and one panel at a time. On this episode, we have an interview with Jeff Martin. This is Matt, and I'm joined by Jeff. Hey, Jeff, um, why don't you uh, start us off with a quick bio about yourself and a little bit about the, the comics that you work on? Uh, hey, Matt, thanks for having me. Uh, my name is Jeff Martin. Um, I have been writing and drawing comics as a full-time job for uh, six years now. Um, my sort of new uh, new thing that we're going to be talking about for most of today is uh, called Hell Inc. Uh, it's about demons who work in an office uh, that runs hell. Um, but I've also done uh, a series called Hockey Apocalypse, which is probably the most notable thing I've worked on. Um, that thing has sold sort of more copies than any other thing I've worked on. And it's about mutants playing hockey in post-apocalypse Canada. Uh, and that actually, uh, that was my last Kickstarter project. Uh, and it's currently nominated for the uh, Gene Day Award for Self-Publishing, uh, which is a Canadian comics award uh, for self-published graphic novels. Oh, very cool. Um, so is, is, uh, you said that's nominated. Um, so th- uh, do you have a date when, when, the, when that will be uh, announced? I don't remember the exact date, um, but there is a, uh, a convention in Guelph in September, and that's where they're having the awards ceremony and announcing stuff. So hopefully uh, before the end of uh, this Kickstarter campaign, I'll be able to let backers from the previous one know that uh, the book that they helped create uh, won an award. Yeah, very cool. Uh, good luck on that. Thank you. Yep. So you are, let's, um, let's talk about, uh, your transition from, um, I'm assuming you maybe had like a regular nine to five job. Um, you mentioned earlier that now comics is your full-time job. Do you, do you want to talk a little bit about the, the transition there? Uh, yeah, I can totally do that. Um, so before I did comics, uh, I worked as a social studies teacher, uh, sort of my previous life. And, uh, so while I was doing the uh, sort of the practicum for that, which is the like, you know, when you go to school to be a teacher, you have to do a bunch of uh, sort of like practical terms where you essentially you, you're just an intern, but you're in charge of a bunch of stuff because okay. they don't pay you. Um, but you take over another teacher's classroom for uh, between one and three months. Uh, so uh, I was doing the, the big three month one, which is what you do sort of the last thing you do before you graduate. And uh, I had, before that term, I had signed a deal with a company in Canada called Renegade Arts. Um, they are, uh, at this point, they're the only comics publisher in Western Canada. Uh, they're sort of the last man standing. Uh, and I was doing a, a historical book for them uh, called Redcoats-ish, uh, which was about the War of 1812, where... Uh, America tries to invade Canada and it sort of goes poorly for everyone involved. Um, but we did a sort of like a strip style buddy comedy story, uh, that was aimed at, uh, at schools, um, and sort of at the same kind of classrooms I was working in. Uh, but at the end of my uh, practical term, uh, I drove down to, uh, I live in Edmonton. Uh, so I drove down to Calgary, which is a three hours South for their big, uh, they have a really huge comic convention every year. Mm-hmm. Uh, it pulls about a hundred thousand people, uh, the Calgary comic and entertainment expo. Uh, and that happened to the first day of that was the last day I was working, uh, on my practicum. 
so after that, I drove down and I did the first kind of uh, sort of pre-promotion signing for the book. Uh, we were probably 30 pages in at that point. Um, and it was being published on Renegade's website uh, as a webcomic, um, kind of like what I'm doing now with Hell Inc. Uh, but uh, when I got down to Calgary to start signing, uh, you know, promo cards to give away to people, um, the publisher decided they wanted to double the run of the webcomic and release it as a book afterwards. And that Very was cool. kind of the start of that trans because now suddenly I had uh, like a much larger project uh, and twice as much money coming in from it as I thought I was going to have. Uh, and then a few days later, I found out that I was hired as the artist in residence at Happy Harbor Comics. Um, which is uh, like they've won the Diamond Retail Award and the uh, the Schuster Award for retailers. Um, they are sort of the biggest comic store in Western Canada, and they have an artist in residence program where they hire a cartoonist to come in and uh, essentially just work on their comics in the store and talk to customers about what goes into making comics. Um, and I got. Uh, I got that at the same time as I doubled the uh, doubled the amount of work I was going to be getting from Renegade, uh, and combined with the the fact that there was no chance to get hired as a teacher at uh, the beginning of June, I figured you know I'll uh, I'll give this comics thing a go for a year, and then uh, you know if this book doesn't really pan out or the money uh, just sort of stops coming in, then I'll you know, I have this teacher thing. I can go back and do that. Um, but it kind of just kind of worked out. I, uh, actually finished the, the contract for Renegade really early. Uh, so, uh, I had 10 months left on it where I was going to still be getting paid. Mm -hmm. Uh, but I'd already turned in all of the pages. Uh, so that gave me a ton of time to, uh, draw the first talk apocalypse book. Because um, suddenly I had money coming in from the artist in residence and from working for Renegade, um, but I didn't have any actual like projects I had to work on, so I could just do something that I wanted to do, and that turned <clears throat> excuse me that turned out to be uh, probably the smartest thing I ever did uh, because Hockey Apocalypse has been sort of my my bestseller and probably the most well-received thing I've, I've worked on so far. Uh, and that's turned into sort of, it went from a just one graphic novel that I did because I was getting paid for other stuff. And now uh, I mentioned earlier last year, I kickstarted the fourth volume uh, in that series. And there's been probably over a thousand copies sold in that series. So it's like, it's turned into a, uh, you know, like a really positive experience and a really fun thing to work on that also pays some bills. Very cool. And that, uh, that artist in residence, uh, that sounds like a really, really uh, interesting thing. Uh, I'm assuming part of the aim is to sort of, um, you know, you have somebody in there sort of uh, maybe uh, show them some of the art, get them excited and maybe sort of, you know, have a kid come in there and, you know, generate the next generation of uh, comic book fans. Is, is that sort of like the idea there? 
Yeah, pretty much. Uh, there's a ton of uh, working with kids, like schools would bring uh, classes through to meet the artists and residents. Um, different, you know, like uh, if there were programs happening at the art museum or, or things like that, they would come in. Um, and then we also, uh, myself and the, uh, the first ever artist in residence, uh, along with some of the, uh, the folks at Happy Harbor, uh, started a, uh, a comics camp where nice. kids could sign up. And uh, the other guy's name is Daniel Schneider. And he sort of created the whole thing and then brought me on to do a lot of the, because uh, I had the experience as a teacher, I did a lot of the sort of the lesson writing where he would explain, like, this is what I want to do and this is what I want to get across. And then I could build that as a, a lesson that we could have run by either by us or by, you know, one of the other people that we've, we've added to the team since. <clears throat> That's pretty cool. And it seems like maybe it was a bit of a uh, happy accident that you had that, that education background to, uh, to sort of organize all of that and, and, and build on that artist in residence uh, program. Yeah, it totally was, but it's, uh, it's kind of worked out that I have two degrees and I figured doing comics, I would use neither of them. <laughs> uh, but then I started doing a history comic for schools Mm-hmm. Uh, and I actually have another, uh, another one of those coming up, uh, in the fall that I'll be working on it's sort of my next project. Once I'm uh, wrapped up with this, uh, this Hellink campaign, are you, uh, able- but so I'm using my history degree for those. Mm-hmm. Uh, and now I'm using my education degree running these, these comic camps, which has turned into, uh, a nonprofit organization called drawn to books, cool. uh, which is going to be running, uh, we ran uh, our fourth camp uh, just uh, about two weeks ago, fourth camp of the year. Um, and we're going to be sort of expanding that over the next year or two into uh, online uh, materials where, you know, people don't have to be in the Edmonton area to be able to uh, sort of learn from, from the course that we've designed. And uh, we're going to be doing even more stuff with schools and, uh, um, hopefully continuing, we had a contract with the public school system over the summer for their, uh, essentially instead of going to normal summer school, kids could come to our, our art camp. Uh, and we're hoping we'll be able to continue that next year as well. Very cool. Um, so, uh, let's, uh, let's talk a little bit more about, uh, the, the, the education side here. Do you work, um, traditionally, uh, you know, pens and inks, uh, on paper, um, or do you, do you work digitally? <clears throat> A little bit of both. Okay. Uh, so whenever I have my choice, it's pens and pencils and paper. Um, I just, I find that the, sort of the most satisfying way to draw for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's sort of what I enjoy doing. Um, but uh, like all my coloring, I do digitally. Uh, lettering is, depends on the project, but a lot of that gets done digitally as well. Uh, and then uh, I'm in the process of acquiring a a tablet that isn't from 2003, mm-hmm. uh, so that I can do a little bit more uh, more digital stuff. Uh, for example, the uh, the history book I mentioned that I'm going to be working on that's going to be uh, digital because uh, I have a collaborator on it that uh, that wants to work digital because that'll really speed him up. So I figured, all right, that'll I guess that's the push. I'm gonna going to kind of figure out how to apply my process to working digitally and 
and figure this thing out and that'll be the next book will be done digitally. Cool. All right. So let's talk a little bit about the, the hockey book. Uh, I'm assuming uh, as an American that, uh, you know, you being a Canadian that uh, maybe, maybe X-Men and uh, you know, hockey being the, the, the sport of Canada where, where the influence is there. Is that, is that uh, safe to say? Yeah. I mean, that's a, that's a pretty, uh, pretty good description of it. It is essentially just, um, what if instead of the X-Men having mutant powers, they just all looked weird, but were really good at hockey. <laughs> uh, and so the sort of the premise of the story is that they, uh, you know, there's an apocalypse and whereas America goes like full on Mad Max, sort of what you'd expect out of a post-apocalyptic story. Um, Canada just sort of decides, you know, Canada's got the reputation as being kind of this uh, like gentler, more like, uh, sort of genteel version of of America, and so mm-hmm. uh, sort of the tribes of mutants that are left after the apocalypse decide, you know what? Let's uh, instead of instead of fighting over this, uh, we're we're all going to ice a hockey team, and whoever wins is going to we'll gamble on the games, we'll gamble our resources, and whoever wins will will take the pot, and only like five people will get hurt instead of everybody so it's an extremely cool idea and do the do the different teams have different skill sets depending on like uh the mutant abilities of of their players oh yeah absolutely so um uh one team has a goalie with four arms and he is unsurprisingly really good (laughs) uh one team has uh you know, uh, like a squid guy who's just really slippery and difficult to difficult to contain. Um, one team has a bear who's not a mutant; he's just a bear <laughs> they strap skates onto. Uh, who is uh, not very good, but he's terrifying. Sort of your uh, your goon or your uh, enforcer on the on the team. Oh yeah, his uh, his first appearance is him trying to eat somebody's head. <laughs> so yeah. Um, and so you mentioned earlier that those have been kickstarted. Are those available um, for people who might be interested uh, to to find and, and buy? Uh, yeah, if you go to the uh, if you go to my website uh, hell.rentathugcomics.com, uh, there's a tab that says buy stuff, and I've got all my books that are still in print are available uh, online from there. Very cool. We'll make sure that we we put a link to your to your website uh, in in the show notes for this podcast, so anybody listening can uh, check the show notes and and take a look at that website. Awesome. Thanks. Okay. So, how about if we talk about the the current project um, that you have kickstarted? Um, currently, uh, I believe it launched a few days ago. Is that correct? <laughs> Yeah, it launched on August 19th, so mm-hmm. we are on, uh, I guess we're into day seven now. It launched at 3 p.m. It's 3.30 here now, so we're uh, early in day seven. Cool. And uh, so is it, a, is it a 30-day campaign? So anybody listening, if it is, is it a, uh, is it a 30-day campaign? Uh, yeah, it's going to run until uh, 3 p.m. Mountain on uh, September uh, 18th. Cool. So as as uh, this podcast goes up, people will have about three more weeks to to get on board. Oh yeah, plenty of time. Yeah. Um, so uh, 
I'm assuming that like uh, on launch, you probably, you know, you probably saw, saw a lot of activity. Um, do you have any advice for anybody who, who is in the middle and sort of, uh, you know, it seems like with a lot of Kickstarters, you launch, uh, a lot of the activity is at the beginning and at the end and sort of, sort of the middle is sort of a, a slower period. How do you, how do you, uh, maintain your, your sanity, um, and, and not hit the refresh button a million times a day? Well, I mean, the short answer is I, I don't maintain my sanity and I do hit the refresh button a million times a day. Uh, and, uh, that's probably not healthy, uh, but that is, that's what I do. Um, but yeah, you you are right. Um, every campaign I've done the first day and the last day are the two biggest days because mm-hmm. um, you get your sort of your most hardcore supporters will get in on the first day, uh, or the second day. Mm-hmm. And then the procrastinators will get in on the last day. Uh, <clears throat> Those are also the two days where you get the most help from Kickstarter itself. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cause when you're brand new, uh, you will show up in the, you know, uh, in users, uh, like portal thing where you can see all kinds of different things. Kickstarter thinks you'll like. Mm-hmm. Uh, so on your first day, you'll show up as new in there. And then on the last day you will show up in the sort of last chance to buy sort of section. Um, but in the middle, there's, I've, I mean, I've tried all kinds of stuff over the course of the last two campaigns. Mm-hmm. Um, sort of the most effective thing that I've found is um, reaching out to creator friends that have their own kind of separate audiences and getting them to help boost uh, your campaign. Uh, for example, the first book I did on Kickstarter was called Where is Zog? Um, and it was inspired by a Guar song. And actually got me hired to work on the uh, the Guar comic book that came out in uh, 2017, I think. Okay, cool. Uh, so I did some work on that. And then I'm also working on, uh, they've got a new graphic novel coming out in November uh, that I drew a chapter of. Nice. Um, but because of, uh, you know, when I was kickstarting that book, um, I was already, you know, I'd made friends with the writer on the, on the Guar comic. And so I just reached out to him and said, hey, I'm doing this thing. It's inspired by Guar. Um, You ran the Guar Kickstarter that was super successful. Um, Would you be willing to uh, just share with those backers that I'm doing this thing? And he was totally on board for that. And uh, I knew exactly when he shared it because all of a sudden there was a surge of, uh, of new backers very cool. Uh, to yeah. my campaign that had backed the Guar book and saw Matt share uh, share Where's Zog and thought, hey, that looks cool. And uh, like I already, I I like the thing uh, that inspired it already. So I'll check it out. Cool. Yeah, that sense of community and uh, uh, the Kickstarter um, space is 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 a great uh, great resource um and a way to to get eyeballs and uh, uh attention on your projects yeah and i think it, it helps that you know anyone who's run one realizes that uh like kickstarter is a really great tool because it does let you uh you know finance books that you might not be able to otherwise and mm-hmm. reach audiences you might not be able to otherwise um but sort of the process of running a campaign is really kind of a slog mentally 
Yeah. It's, even if it's going well, it's, it's just thing. It's this thing that's just looming over your life for a month and kind of no matter what you're doing otherwise, you're still kind of thinking about it. Like, well, maybe it's doing well. How do I, how do I get it to do better so we can hit some, like a cool stretch goal mm-hmm. or um, maybe it's not doing so good And it. Okay. Well, how do I, how do I get some momentum up so that this stops being sort of a, a negative feeling that just looms over me? How do I, how do I get some more, more backers and get that, that hit of seeing the number go up? Uh, and I think kind of the, like the only real effective way I've found to deal with that is to, you know, start building community with other people who are doing the same thing uh, and have people to talk to like, Hey, when, when your campaign hit a slump, what did you do? How did you, uh, how did you deal with those, uh, you know, feelings of, well, maybe this thing sucks and no one likes it and uh, it's going to fail. Like, how do you deal with that? How did you, you know, how did you deal with it emotionally? And then what did, what strategies did you try and use to, uh, you know, to get momentum going again? Uh, and that's been, I think the most like reliable, like when I'm sort of struggling in the middle of a campaign, um, either with the campaign struggling or just kind of feeling emotionally exhausted, that's consistently been the best, best place to turn uh, is just, other creators who've experienced the same thing and uh, maybe have some, even if they don't have necessarily advice for what to do next, they at least, they understand what you're going through and can uh, sort of play therapist a little bit. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I've often equated that, that 30 days, or I guess maybe you, you could do a two month campaign uh, of a Kickstarter. It's almost like having a, a second uh, full-time job. Um, you're, you're con- like you said, you're constantly thinking about it. You're constantly, uh, you know, going in there, tweaking things, looking at things, reaching out to people, following up with people. It's, 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 it's a hectic, uh, it's a hectic 30 days. It's a, it's a rush. Um, it, it, it's stressful. And then, um, you know, hopefully you, you hit that ultimate goal at the end where you, you get that, you get that notification that you, you, you hit the funding goal, but it's, 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 it's like, it's like having a second full-time job for, for that time period. No, like, absolutely. Like I have, I have sent and received more emails and DMS and Facebook messages, uh, in the last two weeks sort of leading up to the Kickstarter. And then in the first week, Mm -hmm than I normally do in like a full month. Uh, and like by a lot, like I, um, I've had help handling the, uh, a lot of the kind of like press stuff. Uh, my girlfriend had a week off of work and she's always, uh, super supportive and willing to help when, uh, you know, when I'm working on a project. And, uh, so she put together a, uh, sort of a press release and a contact list uh, and we probably between the two of us sent out over a hundred emails to different press outlets. Uh, so it's like that, that's the element of Kickstarter that makes comics feel like a real job. Mm-hmm. You know, when I'm sitting at my desk drawing, like that doesn't feel like work. That's I'd be doing that anyway. That's just fun. Yeah. Uh, but it's when you have to sort of, 
you know, like we live in a society where you need things to make money so you can live. Uh, and if you do a creative job, then you end up having to use a lot of skills that you don't necessarily want to, or even think that you, you would need to do a creative job, but you know, um, writing press releases, writing like business inquiry emails, uh, being able to, you know, coordinate press stuff, uh, figure out what do these outlets need and how can I give it to them in the most effective way so that they're willing to cover my, uh, cover my campaign. Like that stuff isn't, you know, they don't teach you that in art school. They don't, uh, like that's not a thing that comes up really when you're thinking like, I want to draw comics and this is what I want to do with my life. Mm -hmm. Like no one tells you like, okay, learn how to manage a business because that is actually what you're doing now. And you'll just happen to spend like six to eight hours a day doing the fun part of making the book. Mm -hmm. uh, but, you know, the part that's actually going to make sure that book makes enough money that you can pay your bills and keep doing that book is, uh, is all going to be kind of the, the office grunt work that you didn't want to do. Yeah. Okay. And let's uh, transition with office grunt work um, to to the the Kickstarter that's running now, uh, Hell Inc. Um, you had mentioned earlier that it it deals with uh, office workers. Uh, why don't you give us a sort of like an elevator pitch or or a summary of 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 the book? So the premise is that it is about uh, Hell Inc., which is the corporation that runs Hell, mm -hmm. uh, and. It stars Doug, who is one, he's just a low-level office drone. He's no one important. Um, and, but he's just trying to uh, wring whatever happiness he can out of his soul-crushing existence, mm -hmm. which is mostly dominated by his job that he hates uh, and his coworkers that he mostly kind of tolerates. Is there any uh, is there any uh, influences? Uh, maybe like the, the the movie Office Space, uh, the TV show, the the Office that uh, sort of uh, inspired this. Yeah, like absolutely, I, I love both of those. Um, but it started like it really started from, uh, you know, that kind of nine to five office job mm -hmm. being uh, a thing that I've always been afraid of. Okay. So, um, like one of the reasons why, uh, before doing comics, I, I went uh, down the career path of a teacher is because it still felt like the things I was doing sort of mattered in and of themselves. You know, that even if I wasn't making any money, uh, like the act of, of teaching children was fulfilling and it felt like I was doing something valuable with my time. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, and comics feels that way as well. It feels like I'm doing something uh, worthwhile with my time. Whereas, you know, my brief experiences in um, like retail or office style jobs just felt like I was doing a lot of tasks that I didn't care about and didn't really have a clear, uh, even necessarily like a clear, reason why it was important to anybody. Um, but it certainly wasn't important to me. Uh, it was just, okay, I'm doing this thing. I get nothing out of it, but I get a paycheck at the end of it, which is 
okay, I guess. Um, so the idea of, you know, working in an office for 40 years and doing a job that is, doesn't have any sort of personal fulfillment for me is that's like the sort of the ultimate horror premise to me. And so Hell Inc. spawned from that, which is, it is a comedy, um, but it, uh, it also is kind of a horror story at the same time uh, because like a lot of people can identify with, you know, Doug's existence and sort of his day-to-day struggles and, and difficulties. Um, but the fact that they have to is kind of the horror story in mm-hmm. it for me. Yeah, I think it's a uh, situation that a lot of people can um, identify with, and then you are you're adding the the, the humor element over top of it. Um, that's that's just sort of a great sort of uh, commentary um, on something that a lot of people are, are experiencing, and a lot of people have to have to deal with. So even in a way, maybe this is uh, could be used as a bit of a, an escape for them. Yeah, I think the humor gives a, an element of catharsis that making it sort of a pure horror story um, wouldn't be able to do as effectively. Mm-hmm. Um, it's one of those, uh, I kind of view it as a, if you don't laugh, you're going to cry kind of situation. So um, I, I put a lot of effort into trying to, you know, make the situations that are kind of identifiable, but then make them, you know, weird enough to be more interesting and in writing jokes that will really land with, uh, you know, with people who are, who are in this situation, but also work for um, like weirdly kids like this book, <laughs> which is so bizarre to me. Cause it's like, it's such a, it's such a, a like adults or like problems that adults have kind of book mm-hmm. uh, that it is weird to me that, that kids like it. That's cool. Um, so do you have uh, any last uh, things you want to talk about with this Kickstarter? Um, I'm a backer. I'm, I'm looking forward to getting this. Um, I, I am one of those folks who, who does have, uh, who does have an office job and is, uh, you know, trying to um, make comics as well. So this is something that uh, really speaks to me. So I'm excited to get my copy of it. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. Um, I appreciate your support and I appreciate you having me on the podcast. Um, yeah, actually I think the sort of the last story I'd like to tell about it is that, um, it actually like Helling started as a web comic in, in 2018. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's not when I created it. Um, I actually created two, uh, black and white sort of print mini comics, um, back in 2009. Okay. Were sort of my initial, sort of my initial attempt at the series. So the first, the first issue was actually written to be a twenty-four hour comic. Okay. The plan was to draw it on twenty-four hour comic book day, and then the first page took three hours, and I realized that's not a reasonable <laughs> goal at all. Um, and I also realized that you know I was having fun with it, so I didn't want to rush to just to get it done by by a deadline. I wanted to you know, have fun and and try and make a cool book. Um, But it was also, at the time, I was just wrapping up university and not really sure what I was going to do. And it was sort of a good way to 
kind of process those fears about, you know, the real world and what am I going to do with my life? Um, but then uh, after the second issue, I, you know, other projects came up, um, other sort of just life stuff came up and I, I moved on to do a series about space wrestlers. Uh, but it's always something that was kind of in the back of my mind as a story that I felt like really resonated with people and deserved, uh, you know, deserved a, another look. And also I always thought it would be cool to redo it as a strip and to redo it in color. Okay. Uh, You know, it does take place in hell. And I think, you know, being able to do it in color really adds a lot of punch to the visuals aside from the fact that I've gotten much better at drawing in the 10 years since the first one came out. Um, and so, uh, it, it was kind of a, one of the few cases where I actually got like a do over in comics. I got to take a story that I liked the core of, but I didn't love the execution of. And I got to sort of overhaul it from the ground up into something that, I'm really happy with uh, and really proud of. Um, but I also still have a ton of those old comics uh, because there was a uh, mistake at the printer where oh, I ordered a hundred books and uh, another artist uh, went in at the same time and ordered 300. Uh, so we both got 300 of our books. Uh, so I've had like a case of these things sitting here for 10 years. Uh, and as part of the uh, Kickstarter, uh, the first stretch goal uh, is going to be all of the physical backers are going to get these uh, old comics mailed out to them as well. So they can see sort of the difference in 10 years of, uh, you know, art and storytelling experience makes on, on this story. That's, that's pretty cool. And it's also maybe sort of like a, uh, uh, like an inspirational um message that you know the 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 10 years of of hard work that you put in you know it's it's uh you know it's it's evidence it's it's this thing and it's other thing that you can hold in your hands and you can you can see the 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 evolution that you would have made in an artist uh, uh, you know over a decade so that's that's pretty cool yeah like i think that's a that's a cool element of it um and i think uh you know i think people will get a kick out of it um, and it gets these things, uh, out of my spare room. So very everyone nice. wins. Yeah. It's very nice. Okay. So why don't you, um, let people know where they can find you on social media so that they can, uh, check you out, see, see how the Kickstarter's going, see, you know, future product or projects, products that you're, that you're making. Why don't you, uh, why don't you let people know where they can find you online? All right. Well, uh, the Kickstarter, you can just go to Kickstarter, search Hell Inc. Mm-hmm. And it'll pop right up. Uh, you can read the uh, weekly web comic at hell.rentathugcomics.com. Uh, I put up a new strip every Monday. Cool. Uh, and you can also follow me on Twitter at Heat Comic, uh, Instagram at Heat underscore comic, uh, Facebook is uh, at Jeff Martin Draws. I think that's everything. 
Cool. And I will link all of those again um, in the show notes, along with the earlier we mentioned your, your webpage and a link to, to the Kickstarter. So, um, Jeff, I want to thank you for, for coming on and uh, wishing you uh, good luck on this Kickstarter. Um, if anybody wants to give us a follow, we are on Twitter at Construct Compod. We are on Instagram, Constructing Comics Pod. And we are on Facebook at Facebook forward, uh, forward slash Constructing Comics. We also have a YouTube channel um, under the same name of Constructing Comics. And I'd like to thank everybody for listening. And we'll be back with a, another episode. And I want to uh, encourage everybody to, to go out there and uh, make some comics and put them out into the world. Thanks, Jeff. Yeah, thanks, Matt. Thanks for having me.